which is beautiful, will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, dear Real Presence Radio listening family. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live on this beautiful Tuesday morning of Thanksgiving week. I'm Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my co-host Kelly Schneider. We are coming to you live this morning from the Fisher Commons at Trinity Junior High and High School in southwest North Dakota in Dickinson. So if you hear the sound of children and bells in the background, that tells you that we're live from uh, our school here this morning. The excitement of a of a Thanksgiving break coming up, Kelly. So everyone's abuzz with excitement. It's been a busy November. It's our Friday. Yes, it's, it's our, our Friday, Friday today. today. Yes, it's our Friday uh, today. so lots of chit chat. It's been a busy huh. and fast November. I'm I, no school tomorrow. No, no school, school tomorrow. tomorrow. No, we don't mm-hmm. have school for the next three days. Parishes are still working. <laughs> You should really get into a different well, yeah, business. Yeah, I, I, can I be principal? <laughs> you should get into a different business. Oh, <laughs> listeners, Pastors you're, don't yeah, get enough days geez. off. You're, you're hearing the voice of our, our first guest this morning, Monsignor Tom Richter, is joining us. Uh, he is the pastor of Queen of Peace just across the parking lot, and he's just made the horrible friends, discovery that he has to work tomorrow. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I'm actually going to, I think I'm going to end my day early. After the 1210 Mass. There you go. Um, yeah. Rally the troops. And then uh, jump in my car and head to Bismarck. Nice. Going to go to my brother's for a nice big meal. And Time for Thanksgiving yeah, and family. Yeah. yeah it's Some pinochle. Right. There you go. Yeah. It's a little hard to believe. We, we had snow kind of early and then it went away and now it's been fairly mild and I'm not complaining in the least. But my brain is a little bit like it's Thanksgiving yeah. already. Like I'm not quite it doesn't quite seem yes. like thanksgiving week i don't know where where the time has gone but right yes but it we do get happen. we do get more of november when we get back which is nice yes yeah, yeah it's a little bit earlier yeah. this year so mm-hmm. yeah well dear listeners before we get uh any further with our first guest we've got a great lineup for you monsignor richter is going to be with for an extended time, so we're going to get to have a great conversation. <laughs> an extended time. A long time. <laughs> yes. That's a good thing, Monsignor. I said that is a good thing. We never have enough time with you. But uh, before we get any further, would you be willing to lead us in prayer as we start this For morning? sure. Thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All loving, all powerful, all good. Father, we praise and thank you for your beautiful Son, for the gift of faith. During this week of Thanksgiving, we hold up before you a great desire that you would give us grateful hearts. That we enter into and live out of a Eucharistic life. Your gifts and then gratefully share them. Bless this day. Bless those who are suffering. Bless those who don't. And bless those for whom Jesus is only an idea. That he would become a person. We Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In the whole wide world, Kelly. Definitely so, a good so, thing. Um, we, we had a very busy week this last week. Yeah. Uh, Queen of Peace did. Well, Tuesday, 
Tuesday, and you were all a part of that, was mm -hmm. our first Dickinson Real Presence Radio fundraising banquet um, at the Astoria here in Dickinson. A raging success. Over 400 people there, 58 tables, or 59. I had the privilege of being the MC for that. Raised just under $107,000. That's amazing. I trust I can say that on radio, Mike. Um, and then uh, Thursday, Queen of Peace, we hosted the Deanery meeting, our Dickinson Deanery meeting, which is a one. It was a wonderful meeting, or it's really special. Uh, Twenty-one came deacons and priests had a wonderful time. Mulligans uh, uh, catered it, and yeah, it's just a great time. And then. Um, what you, I think you were alluding to, Kelly, is uh, the 40 hours of devotion at the cathedral. So I had uh, the great privilege and joy of returning to the cathedral and uh, preaching to the people I love so much. Um, and uh, it was Friday night. The opening Mass was 6 p.m. Friday night. Then uh, there was a sermon Saturday morning at 9.15 and then another uh, sermon conference Sunday evening with evening prayer. Forty hours devotion is not a new. It's not a new. Like, I, I, I feel like I've just been hearing about this, like within a, a very short window of time. That's right. It's different than a parish mission, though. That's right. So can you can you tell us a little bit about that, Monsignor? Forty hours devotion. What is that? Yeah. Well. Uh, for the full story, get on the cathedral website in the meantime. <laughs> com. But, but uh, the, the, the main difference, the heart and soul of it is the, the parish, right? The 40 hours devotion is an intense time for a parish to enter into adoring Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh, so, so typically when you have adoration, two people sign up for this hour, two people sign up for that hour, something like that. Mm -hmm. But this is almost like what you experience on Holy Thursday evening. Ah. After Holy Thursday Mass, and everybody uh, goes into the altar of reposi uh, the chapel of reposition and then adores until midnight. Mm -hmm. This they would do for 40 hours. Thus, Friday evening to... Uh, Sunday evening afternoon sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's uh it's really focused on a parish um in in a real ecclesial communal way uh adoring Jesus. And in the midst of that uh which is uh less important uh a person comes in and preaches hopefully to um to uh inspire deeper adoration deeper receiving of the love of Christ, etc. throughout the week. Yeah, so so you have Mass at 6, then that talk, and right then it ended with uh, reposition. The ma I'm, I'm sorry, with exposition. Exposition, okay. And then it, it Jesus was only reposed, you know, for the Saturday a.m. Mass, the Saturday Vigil Mass, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But it's really beautiful. So you would go in the cathedral and there would be, you know, 40 people adoring. You know, whatever hour. So, uh, and you said only reposed for the mass time. So it's around the clock. Oh yeah, around the clock. Exactly. Yeah, which was not unusual back in the day, right? 
there are all kinds of parishes that had 24-7 adoration. Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's, right? Yes. Our yeah. beloved St. Patrick's right down the street had it. St. Bernard's out in Belfield for many years. Little St. Bernard's in Belfield for many years, a few decades. Wow. Had 24-7. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, there were many others. and So we're hoping... I, I think this Eucharistic revival, one of the graces, one of the fruits, I, I'm hoping is going to be um, a greater, uh, a, uh, just a greater participation in Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful, because I can imagine the fruits that come, you know, not only obviously in people's lives that participated and attended, but then for the parish, you that's know, because right. fruit upon fruit, right, grows. Right? That's, totally. that's yes. the nature of grace. So. Oh, we, 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 I, at least I haven't. Uh, maybe there are some who have. I have not articulated well enough to my people the, the great treasure of Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. and the fruits of Eucharistic adoration. And not just to the adore, but as you said, Amanda, to the parish. Mm-hmm. Eucharistic adoration is an absolute blessing and outpouring of grace on a parish in in many, many ways. Um, obviously, an increase of intercessory prayer. Um, I also happen to be blessed with um, this Seven Sisters. Yes, yeah. Um, apostolate. So there's seven dear ladies uh, at Queen of Peace who uh, pray for me each day. One... Uh, one is assigned to each day to pray for me and my intentions and uh yeah it's um it's real mm-hmm. it's real i'm noticing it um you know it's not scientifically verifiable but uh yeah the 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 freedom in uh, me seems to have have uh, really grown just in the short time it's been only a few months uh-huh. that the that they've been doing this so do i understand monsignor that with the 40 hours that you were just a uh, part of at the cathedral there was a healing service as oh, a part of that yes yeah, sorry that? and that's a major major piece in that i wasn't able to be there because i came back for the weekend mm-hmm. but yeah and and that isn't necessarily for every 40 hours sure, devotion sure kelly but i uh but certainly it's one of the major uh pieces of uh, 40 hours at the the cathedral so father brian gross um is very involved in healing ministry mm-hmm. uh with some uh, real uh spiritual gifts around that and so on saturday evening they have the they have uh the vigil mass mm-hmm. but then um they have this healing service and so i think it started at i think father mm-hmm. Gross starts speaking at they have some uh, praise and worship music I think for like 30 minutes and then Father Gross speaks for like an hour Mm. both on healing and then just how to uh, the the theology behind it so that it's really grounded and rooted in solid theology Um, and not just strange stuff and then um, and then uh, I think actually goes through like instruction, uh, almost a practicum, so to speak, on how to pray with a person for healing. Wow. And then the actual uh, healing service begins. And so I was told I wasn't there, but I was told the, the cathedral was plumb full. 
so about 500 people mm-hmm. and then uh, um yeah they they had i think eight prayer teams and they were praying with people till midnight wow wow so mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's a real desire in the faithful these days it, it's just a real desire in them mm-hmm. people are seeking um right people who are seeking healing from jesus are seeking a more meaningful relationship with jesus a more meaningful discipleship a more meaningful imitation a more meaningful conformity um and i think that's a wonderful sign uh and then of course from healing from healing that we see in the gospels right from healing is then born a deeper trust and monsignor we're speaking of to clarify for our listeners we're speaking of physical healing like actual physical ailments that need healing but also spiritual spiritual ailments for sure for sure um but yeah both in 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 both cases right so healing spiritual healing would be you know from attachments to something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a hurt uh some sort of wound some sort of uh darkness that uh kind of uh in a regular way uh attacks a person hurts a person etc but yeah uh, all levels Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i and i heard there were uh, many uh physical healings so yeah it's it's really it's really exciting wow yeah and and what uh is so excited that it's grounded grounded in uh the authority of the bishop yes um assigning this to a priest Mm-hmm. And then uh, just a solid uh, priest like Father Gross, um, helping the faithful be grounded. And for us to be taught to exactly for us to be taught about this the the, the ministry of healing in the church in yeah. that Christ has given that authority <laughs> to priests, but also like these lay people that are on the prayer teams praying over that's people. Right. That that's a real. For sure. Prayer is a real powerful thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we just yeah. yeah. Sometimes we forget that. We right? forget it's that. Just like you go through the motions, and it's like I'm doing the thing, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wait, this is a tool. This is a powerful tool. I'm in relationship with my Lord. Yeah. Like He works through this. So it's real, you know. So that's really really amazing well dear listeners don't go away we've got much more with monsignor thomas richter the pastor of queen of peace as we continue to come to you live from dickinson north dakota don't go away we'll be right back stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Father Anthony Craig from the Diocese of Duluth. I really want to thank my parents today for giving me the faith of Jesus Christ and teaching me the ways of prayer 
praying over us uh, when we were sick, showing us uh, self-sacrifice. My father actually was a deacon, a permanent deacon in the church, and he would bring us along as kids, because there were six of us kids, and he would bring us along to hospital visits or to work in the food shelf and doing all these various things for people in the community. And I learned ways of serving others through that, through watching my dad. And then my mom, she also was very self-sacrificial of herself. She wore the same pair of tennis shoes for about 10 years to show us that she didn't care about herself as much as the rest of us. And we got new shoes for every school year. We had all of what we needed and most of what we wanted. And the, the Lord really provided a, a great example in my parents to show me the way to really Christian servitude and prepared me for the priesthood. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us, Real Presence Radio listeners. We are coming to you live from the Fisher Commons at Trinity Junior High and High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. I am Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my lovely co-host, Kelly Schneider, and we've been visiting with Monsignor Tom Rector, who is a pastor at Queen of Peace here in Dickinson. And uh, before the break, we were talking about the 40 Hours Devotion that recently happened at the cathedral here in the Diocese of Bismarck and the fruits of participating in Eucharistic adoration. And so uh, I, as we were visiting over the break, I, w- I was reminded kind of how I got into having having a week in Holy Hour at St. Patrick's where we're parishioners and so um, now Bishop Vetter who used to be our our pastor uh, happy uh, Episcopal anniversary to him I saw yesterday um, I remember him you know giving a homily and challenging parishioners you know you know to try try a holy hour basically you know uh, and he'll he said it way more eloquently than I'm going to but for you know try having a holy hour and he goes i guarantee it'll change your life Mm -hmm. i guarantee it'll change your life when you're spending an hour with our lord you know it was like a challenge um and i was so happy that he he did that challenge because now i have a weekly holy hour and and i cherish that deeply um but you know to spend an hour with the lord you know, and so as we were talking about Eucharistic adoration, it's not a symbol, right? We're, we're not coming to sit with some piece of bread on mm. the altar. We're coming to spend an hour with the risen Lord. Can you speak to that a little bit, Monsignor? Um, because clearly that's that's where the power of, of Eucharistic adoration comes from, is the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Very good, Amanda. Yeah, you're t- touching on the central uh, theme that uh, I'm wanting to talk to uh, talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, the the little title of our segment is is Jesus 
a uh, person to you or just an idea? Is Jesus a person or, not, or an idea to you? Mm-hmm. And so it would be it would be really strange to go to Eucharistic adoration if uh, one saw the Eucharist simply as an idea or something, not someone. Mm-hmm. And so um, I I think, um, and I'm experiencing in my own uh, my own life and journey of closeness and friendship with Jesus, and in and in. Um, helping others huh, on a pastoral level that so much so much of moving from um, moving toward a closer and closer or a closer relationship with God or even just a, a deeper spirituality a deeper holiness is really around moving from from seeing Jesus and relating simply as an idea but uh, to a person, I find that to be a major element of the conversion of the of the person when that happens. And so, um, yeah, moving from a, an idea and the way we relate to an idea to a person. Um, not that an idea is in, is bad or or not important, right? That much of the faith that the first step of faith is assenting to truths if you want to call those ideas mm-hmm. right uh, assenting to truths is the first step of faith we believe in truths um, and that's the first level of faith and that's not unimportant it's incredibly important that we uh, embrace these truths but but the truths we assent to are living mysteries they're living mysteries. Yeah, not a stagnant idea. Yeah, or something, uh, a remnant of the past. Mm-hmm. So, so when we say we believe in uh, the Blessed Trinity, we're believing in a mystery that is present and alive and real and active. Mm-hmm. When we believe in the Eucharist, we're believing in a mystery that's alive, present, active. Um, and therefore, And therefore, to believe in these truths, these ideas, ultimately, ultimately is about encountering a mystery. Encountering someone. As Benedict the Sixteenth famously said, right, being Christian is not the result of, of, a, of a lofty idea or an ethical choice but the result of an encounter with an event, a person, which changes one's horizon. Hmm. So, this is, I think, a central, pe- a central piece in the new evangelization, a central piece in uh, the Eucharistic revival, both in our teaching and our preaching. Uh, so, so in, in preparing for our little uh, conversation today, ladies, I think, right, you have, you have the two levels, the preaching and teaching of the church, the preaching and teaching of the truths of the faith, of the mysteries of the faith. And then you have the encounter with it. Right, the preaching and the teaching serves the encounter of the mystery. So uh, a good preacher, a good teacher is passing on a truth, but in a way that the hearer, the listener, opens up to actually enter into the mystery that is being taught, that is being presented, that is being uh, preached. 
And so this this element of preaching and teaching and the element of the encounter um, is is I think uh, central to this this whole thing. And so um, these are just musings that I have in my mind uh, <laughs> on certain. I think the new evangelization requires a new way of preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reaching you know the current. And, and you know, culture that right. we're in, the current people, and in, as you were speaking there, Monsignor, you know, you're inviting them, the preaching and teaching is inviting them into a relationship with a there person. We're not inviting them into a relationship with an idea. That's right. I can't have a relationship with a thing, with That's an right. inanimate object, That's or right. just a, a fancy of, of my mind. That's right. I have a relationship with a person. That's right. Exactly. And so what I'm finding, what I'm seeing... What I'm seeing uh, around the country um, and in our diocese um, is there's this real commonality happening in my brother priests, in the bishops, uh, this, this preaching more relationally, mm-hmm. that um, preaching doctrine and dogma in a way in a way that has at the center of it all uh, this exciting relationship with the God who is present and active. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, yeah, uh, preaching about not eating meat on Fridays <coughs> during Lent sooner or later has to be about a relationship with the person. The moral life obviously has to be about a relationship with uh, Jesus, and this is why we live the way we live. All those things. So I find that as one of the graces that's really happening in uh, the priesthood today on the way we preach and teach. Even uh, speaking to like uh, good Father Grant Dvorak, the chaplain here, who's my associate, and the other, the past ones, Father Holcoulter, Father Smith, uh, all these guys the way they teach the faith to the kids is very relational while at the same time giving a robust a robust teaching of the doctrine and faith but that it's all about sooner or later meeting someone mm-hmm. and giving one's life to that someone yes and we're living too and in God's providence right like everything that the internet all the good that the internet has brought us and all the connection that has come through some of those mediums social media and even email you know different conveniences like that um have taken also or have caused i should say maybe it's a better word a blow to the idea of what does it look like to be in a relationship with someone Mm. yes and not even in a in a um, you know, I, I'm just talking about a really a friendship. You know, mm-hmm. just a, a an acquaintanceship of holding a conversation, um, genuinely looking at how is this person doing. It, all of all of the the wonderful things that technology has brought us have also caused damage to the human heart in terms of our ability to navigate and establish. A relationship. Authentic relationship. Yes. Authentic friendship. You bet. I would even take it a step uh, earlier, Kelly. I think uh, with uh, the Enlightenment, not to get too uh, crazy here, but right with, with, with the Enlightenment, with uh, Descartes, I think, therefore I am. 
so this this whole exalting of human intelligence the whole exaltation of human uh, reason and human intelligence and the skepticism around faith now becomes this this really inordinate focus on human thought human intelligence and human thinking right uh, as Christians we wouldn't say I think therefore I am we would say God loved me and willed me therefore I am mm -hmm. and therefore right there the the Christian idea already is a relationship I am mm -hmm. because someone willed me to be and is willing me to be right now and because two people cooperated <laughs> with God asking them to be in relationship. Right. We talk about that in, 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 in senior religion this year. It's, all, it's you know, very much about Christ as the leader, but that my existence came through the cooperation of two others who said yes to God mm -hmm. and embraced that call and that I'm not just here by happenstance. That's right. Yeah. So I, I want to challenge the listen, listeners how do you know if you uh, if you uh, is Jesus an idea or a person I think I think one of the uh, great benchmarks is when it comes to Jesus what do I do more of think about or relate to yeah. at the end of the day that's the criterion mm. when it comes to Jesus if I was to, someone was to open up my head, is, am I thinking about or am I relating to? Beautiful. There's a lot there, and we're going to unpack that more, that idea of relating, when we come back after this short break. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be back soon. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? 
Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listeners. Uh, we welcome you from all ends, uh, really, of this, this broad listening area. Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. We're into Montana. We're into Wyoming. We are everywhere, and we're spreading the gospel today with a very, very good friend and a pastor here in town, Monsignor Thomas Richter. Monsignor, we want to get right back to this idea of thinking about Jesus versus relating to Jesus. And we're going to pick it up right there. Is he, is he an idea or a person? Very good. Um, not, not that we, we, we don't want to put the two against each other, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to create some false dichotomy. We should think about Jesus, but the thinking about <laughs> Jesus should result in uh, relating relating to Jesus because who we're thinking about is a person and a person who is present, a person who is active, not a person who's out there somewhere or a person in the past like Abraham Lincoln, but a person who is present and therefore any thinking about should re- should result in opening up to being with, to giving over, to receiving, to sharing, etc. What what I I want to emphasize with my listeners is to make sure that th- that thinking isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about isn't enough. Uh, that is not the fruit of faith the ultimate fruit of faith um and and so even the even the preaching and teaching of the truths are insufficient if they don't end up in encounter with the mystery an encounter with those living truths right these truths are alive because they're a person mm-hmm. um so for example for example uh jesus uh many times predicted and taught the 12, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be killed, and I'm going to rise. He preached that to them. He taught that to them mm-hmm. as a truth that their mind could hold on to. But, but, but they could not, because of the pain of the, pain of the cross, because the extreme uh, darkness of the cross, they could, uh, they could not accept resurrection the mystery of the resurrection the truth of the resurrection until they encountered the risen Jesus it was in meeting the person the risen Jesus that enabled them to actually embrace the truth that they already knew they already knew they were already taught by Jesus himself Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when when, when it occurred to them, when they actually were in it, um, because of the pain of the cross, because of the, 
ugliness of sin. They were not capable of of really holding on to that mystery until they met the risen one. We see that so often today in the church where we have where we have sacramentalized Catholics, um, where we have catechized Catholics, um, kids in Catholic schools and parishes, uh, not just kids, adults, who have been taught over and over again that the Eucharist is Jesus, the Eucharist is God, that have been taught what baptism is and their dwelling of the Holy Spirit that have been taught about the sacrament of reconciliation and it's the very uh, encounter with the mercy of Jesus. But it means nothing to them. Mm. It means nothing to them. Why? Because it's just an idea. They haven't encountered the person at the center of that who's real, who's alive. And this is what needs to, this is what we need to move into. We, we need to understand that what's keeping the church from thriving isn't we just got to get people to put their heads down and by darn it, get your rear to mass. Mm. But, but we need to articulate to people that they haven't, they have no idea what the faith is. They haven't actually experienced it. Mm. Right? It's like, it's like a person who's blind and you take out and show him the ocean, but he doesn't see anything. Th that we have all kinds of people sitting in the pews who relate to God as an idea and not a person. They haven't fallen in love. They have not met him in a way that's relational, that has awakened their heart, and now brings meaning to everything. Without this relationship, the commandments don't have the meaning they're supposed to have. But nice disciplinary sort of moral code mm -hmm. to keep one out of jail and to make life less messy, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we need to be very clear in the church today that the problem is people are not encountering the mystery. Uh -huh. um, and we have to preach and teach in a way that excites them. That first of all reveals to them they don't have a clue. And it's not their fault. But they don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. A Catholic who doesn't know the risen Jesus is, is that much Catholic. Listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm putting my thumb <laughs> and my finger really close together. Like a quarter of an inch. <laughs> right? It's, it, right? It's, it's like, it's like um, people trying to tell people, trying to tell a five-year-old what marriage is like mm -hmm. without knowing the, the, the special love that a husband has for a wife and the special mm -hmm. love and all that. Yeah, as you were speaking about the idea of like, you know, I can think about him, think about Jesus all I want, but if I'm not relating to him, there's not a relationship there. And I was thinking that in the context of marriage. Like, mm -hmm. if I sat here all day at work and thought about my husband, That's right. but never talked to him when I went home, <laughs> right? Right? Yes. We would not be in 
a relationship with one another. You know, that's, right. that's not going to go very far. <laughs> no, no, that's for sure. And it would even go less far if you never ever encountered your husband yeah. in a way that attracted you. And so now you're... Like he's you're just an idea in my mind. <laughs> like, right. oh, that seems like a, you know... He's a, almost a fictional character. Yes. And, yeah. And that's who the risen Jesus is for most... For many people mm-hmm. who are baptized. One of the things I find interesting about this is it's like... It's not like a new way of being Catholic. No, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? It's... It seems like that because we're we're probably for many of us, myself included, and maybe for many of our listeners, we're hearing our faith come to us for the first time in this way. Sure. Not to say that there were errors in 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 the in the way the church, you know, carried on fifty years ago, but I would never say that. I, I mean, my my grandparents had a very strong faith, but the idea of like relationship was probably very foreign to them. Even though they were they prayed the rosary every day and went to mass every day and it, strong, faithful, like can you speak a little bit to that Monsignor of where where and, and why now? You know what I mean? Why Yeah. Well I I uh I think there's there's a lot of answers to that, Kelly. I do think. Um modern psychology has emphasized the level of consciousness how the modern times values subjective experience mm-hmm. much more than it used to. Uh-huh. Right? We, we, see, we see meaning, the, the appropriate uh, respect to feelings and affect, where in 1940, 1950, okay, um, and so I think because of some of those things, uh, meaningfulness, experience, affective dimensions of the human being, consciousness, awareness, I think would all be, I am not saying the past wasn't. When you read the church no. fathers very, very clearly, yes, they're in love with Jesus. Yes, yes. Very, very clearly they have a profound affective relationship with heartfelt if you want to if you want to go that way. And I think we'd be able to safely say that about so many of our ancestors. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, deeply in love That's with right. their faith, deeply obedient. Yeah, because you know, if you think about as you were talking about the example of your grandparents and in living you don't most people don't live in such a way of that when it's just an idea. Yes. I don't change for the long term my whole life and it's impacted in everything I do because I thought this was a good idea. Right. You know, that's like, that's what fads do for us, right? It's a good idea that if I eat this way, it's a good idea if I do that, it's a good idea. I don't think historically we see that sort of impact Mm. when it's not this relationship, right? right? With a person, relationship changes our lives, not an idea. Exactly. I do think another change uh, um, that the present situation, the present situation is forcing this, Galen. Mm. 1950s, you could get away with it. I, I, that's not the right. Because of the Christian culture, the Catholic culture back then, Yes. Um, you, you, could have, you could have people who practice the sacramental life, going to mass, going to confession a couple times a year, etc. 
with, with, without much necessarily much needed depth because of the great supports they had both on a level of family a level of community so true etc but now um mm -hmm. i i do think the the, the one th good thing about is yeah if, if if you don't have a if you don't have a vibrant faith uh, relationship with god good luck mm -hmm. and there's something good about that mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, that our culture has Definitely. almost forced that. You know, it, it's drawing. It, there's this tension. You know, of that pulling yes. of if it's either wanting to pull us away, and we need to pull closer. Mm -hmm. You know, by developing that relationship, uh, in deepening that, so that we can face all these things that the world throws at us in the way of distractions and. And, you know, false ideas and all that sort of thing. So, uh, dear listeners, I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as we are. Uh, we're going to continue to flesh out, uh, is Jesus an idea or a person to you? And what that means for our lives as we continue with Monsignor Richter right after the break. Don't go away. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Matthew 19, we learn about a servant whose master had just forgiven his debts. Although the servant is grateful for his master's mercy, he is unable to show the same kind of mercy towards his own debtor, even though they owed him an amount that was much smaller. His master moved with compassion for his servant, who never in a thousand years could have repaid his huge debt, forgives all. What life-changing mercy, yet how much more mercy was shown the day Jesus came to the world to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Through this parable of the forgiven servant, Jesus makes his point crystal clear. Forgive your enemies, family, and friends, because in the measure that we forgive and show mercy, so forgiveness and mercy will be shown us. Jesus has shown us unfathomable mercy. Who in your life needs a little mercy today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Good morning, Real Presence Radio listening family. Thank you for staying with us on this lovely Tuesday morning of Thanksgiving week. We are thankful for you and thankful for you joining us here this morning. Uh, And we are thankful for our guest, Monsignor Thomas Richter, who is the pastor at Queen of Peace here in Dickinson, North Dakota, where we are coming to you live. Uh, And we have been visiting about the difference between relating to Jesus as an idea versus a person. And so, Monsignor, before the last break, we were kind of fleshing out, you know, that's that benchmark of thinking, you know, do I think about Jesus or do I relate to Jesus and what that difference is. And um, let's go back to that. We were talking about why that's so important because this, this isn't a new concept right this isn't like oh like the faith wasn't working let's try this that's right. that this has been kind of the point so to speak from the beginning that's right yes and i, w- I would nuance that a little bit amanda do i only think about jesus yes or do i relate to him as well um so yeah i i think uh the a good place for a person to You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us, Real Presence Radio listening family. We continue to come to you live from Trinity Junior High and High School in the Fisher Commons. I'm Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by Kelly Schneider, and we have had the privilege uh, of having Monsignor Thomas Richter with us, continuing the conversation of, is Jesus an idea or a person to you? And so, Monsignor, right before break, we were talking about uh, kind of getting to this pinnacle moment of, you know, the pivotal idea then is how, right? How do we get to um, Jesus being a person, right, of having that relationship, of not just thinking about Jesus? How do we get to that? And then how do we bring others to that? And as Kelly pointed out right before the break, you know, we hear all the time of, you know, those who have kind of maybe wandered away from the faith, either to a different denomination, or they're just not practicing at all, you know, is that we want to set that example. So maybe let's start there of, okay, how do we do that? You know, how do we get there ourselves so we can bring others to that? Very good. So how, how does how does one facilitate the encounter, mm-hmm. right? How does one facilitate the encounter with the mystery for another? Hopefully, hopefully right, the, the one facilitating has, has a certain lived relationship with Jesus, certain uh, awakened mm-hmm. heart. Uh, he's real to them uh, on whatever levels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that there's the one who facilitates. Um, his heart has been deeply touched by Christ, deeply claimed, and so wants it for another. Mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, first of all, we we have to. It it has to begin with it has to begin with this person wanting that. Ah. <laughs> right. It has to begin with the person wanting it. The person has to want the relationship. Yeah, has yeah. to want whatever, uh, whether whether that's um, you know a deeper prayer, whether that's a, a deeper experience of the mercy of God, whether that's a deeper freedom from things that hold them back from Christ, um, uh, a deeper healing from 
whatever, whether it's resentments, uh, etc. Okay, but but the person needs to uh, desire that, and that I think is that I think is the role of good preaching and good teaching. Mm. That's the role of good preaching and good teaching. So so how does how does one facilitate that? Uh, to uh, to articulate that. Uh, the, the first thing I want to bring up, uh, it comes from Mother Teresa. Uh, I don't know if uh, listeners have heard of uh, the letter of Varanasi, but it's a letter Mother Teresa wrote to her religious order, the missionaries of charity, both the uh, priests, the brothers, and the sisters during Holy Week. Mm-hmm. It is a beautifully haunting letter. I'm only going to read a small part of it to, to speak into this very thing. How do we help uh, those awaken to the reality of Christ as a living person, a living mystery? He, she says this, uh, Sisters, brothers, and fathers, Jesus wants me to tell you again, especially in this Holy Week, how much love he has for each one of you, beyond all you can imagine. Now this, listen to this line, listeners. If you're driving, hold on to the steering wheel because this is pretty shocking. <laughs> She is saying this to priests. She's saying these to, to these devoted sisters who have given up everything and serve the poor day in and day out, who make two holy hours a day minimum, who go to Mass every day and have done this for many years. So she says, um, I want to tell you again how much Jesus loves you, beyond all you can imagine. And then she says this, I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus. So the point is, the point is, we shouldn't think just because we went to a Catholic school for 10 years that we know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or that we've actually gone to Mass for 20 years every Sunday that we know Jesus. Mother Teresa, this saint, is saying she has, she has, she has members in her religious order that don't know Jesus. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You can be a bishop and not know Jesus. St. <laughs> Thomas was one of them. St. Thomas the Apostle was a bishop. <laughs> um, so, I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus. One to one, you and Jesus alone. We may spend time in chapel, but have you seen with the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love. Do you really know the living Jesus? Not from books, but from being with him in your heart. Have you heard the loving words he speaks to you? This is a saint exposing in the hearts of those who are nearest and dearest to her where they don't know him and calling them out of darkness to give them permission to admit they don't. We have to give the faithful in the pews the permission to admit, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Catholicism is a moral code to me. Mm-hmm. Monsignor, would you, would now, you agree? He, 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 and then she goes on. Well, you go ahead, Amanda. Well, I, just as you were speaking there, you know, as we were talking over the break of the people who have kind of walked away from the faith, 
because they do view the Catholic Church just as a moral code. That's right. Or a list of rules. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they think going over across the street, XYZ, that that's where I'm going to find that relationship. Exactly. Because it's a desire that we have. It's innate. It's within us that we want to have that relationship with Christ. And every Catholic should have that. Yes. Every Catholic should have that. <laughs> and then, so, so she says, um, never give up this daily intimate contact with Jesus as the real living person, not just the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she goes on to say this, if not, prayer is dead. Meditation is only thinking. Meditation is only thinking about an idea. Mm-hmm. But she gives us the answer. Have you heard the loving words he speaks to you? And then she says these words. Ask for the grace. He is longing to give it. So how do you and I facilitate and help someone who has not really met the real living Jesus? Mm -hmm. To give them confidence that if they ask, if they ask, they will receive. Jesus wants to give this way more than we want to receive it. But they have to be, they have to be faithful to the desire. Jesus, if you're real, I want to encounter you. Mm -hmm. And that is their exercised desire in their heart a hundred times a day. And that's what they bring to Mass. And that's what they bring to their rosary. And they don't give up on it. Because the enemy is going to attack that like crazy. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's how we facilitate that, that connectedness. You said these words that I want to pursue and we might have to come back to them after break. But Mother Teresa said a daily intimate contact with Jesus. Daily intimate contact with Jesus. What does that look like for us? Well, for one, for, for, for Thomas, before he puts his hand in the side of Jesus versus Thomas after he does, it looks very different. Mm. For, for Thomas, before he actually meets him, what does daily intimate contact look like? It looks like an aching desire to meet him. Thomas's desire to meet the risen Christ is the work of the Holy Spirit in Thomas. For the one who has not met the real living Christ, what is the encounter with God like? A, an aching desire to know him, to meet him. And to be faithful to that, to be faithful to that desire, and to hold that up. That is not something they have caused. This is the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to know Christ in a real lived way. And that's why I'm making your heart desire it. Be faithful to this and hold it before him. This is as intimate contact as one has when their heart has not been awakened to a real lived relationship with him. But it's the very, it's the very gateway, the very doorway to that, that union. So that is step one. 
that is step one, is saying in myself, Jesus, I desire this with you. Jesus, I desire right. to know you. That's right. And just putting that before him. That's right. That's step one. Step, step one is the Holy Spirit giving you that desire. Got it. Step two, step two, is, step two is you acknowledging, I want that. Mm -hmm. And being faithful to that. Mm -hmm. and not giving up on it after praying for three minutes and going back to Netflix mm -hmm. to, so, to somehow cover up that suffering and that aching of, of being a Christian with a meaningless relationship with God. Being a Catholic who at the end of the day doesn't know God. What, the, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so to be faithful to that aching desire of I won't, I am not going away, Jesus, until I have put my hand in your side and I have touched your love and you have touched me as Thomas did. I think Thomas is the patron of the new evangelization. Oh, beautiful. Well, listeners, we have to take another quick break. Uh, Why all these breaks? Amanda? I know. All We've these got breaks. step one and step two. <laughs> We're going to come back uh, and it goes the next step of once we have actually have that relationship what does that daily intimate hmm. contact hmm. look like so don't go away listeners we will be right back with monsignor thomas richter after the break this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the real presence radio network Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Conversion and Obedience Faith requires conversion, and that conversion is an act of obedience toward a reality which precedes me and which does not originate from me. For Christians, this prior reality is not an it, but a he, or even better, a you. It is Christ, the Word made flesh. He is the new beginning of our thought. He is the new eye which bursts open the limits of subjectivity and the boundaries dividing subject from object, thus enabling me to say, it is no longer I who live. Conversion does not lead into a private relationship with Jesus, which in reality would be another form of mere monologue. This is the sole guarantee that the obedience which we owe to the truth is concrete. Only the concrete God can be something other than a new projection of one's own self. Following in Christ's footsteps is the only way of losing oneself which attains the desired goal. The one who became flesh has remained flesh. He is concrete. Obedience to the church is the concreteness of our obedience. The church is that new and greater subject in which past and present, subject and object come into contact. The church is our contemporaneity with Christ. There is no other. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. 
And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listening family. We're broadcasting live from the Fisher Commons area at Trinity Junior High and High School here in Dickinson. Monsignor Richter, we're talking about daily intimate contact with Jesus and, and the steps to getting there. Take us back there. Very good. Now. <laughs> Very good. Well, to got ground to cover. Let's go. Ladies, to make, sure, to make sure we're not overcomplicating this and to make sure we're not somehow thinking there's some magical thing out there that, right, daily intimate contact with Jesus for a Catholic is, is first and foremost the sacramental life. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if one has not received what? The grace of awareness. What we call an awakened heart. Uh, if one is living in the space of Thomas or the space of the Christian people before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, then that daily intimate contact, even though one is living it on a practical level, is actually not experiencing it on a on an affective level, right? A heartfelt level, which now claims a person, and this is really where self-sacrificial love begins, right? Once again, the analogy of marriage and parenting and all that. So, daily intimate contact with Jesus is uh, first and foremost personal relational prayer. Because you are a baptized person, and the Blessed Trinity dwells in you, daily intimate contact with Jesus, with God, is about you relating your heart to the God who dwells in you. About you relating your heart to the God who dwells in you. About you acknowledging the desires of your heart and opening them in faith to God who dwells in you. Daily intimate contact with God is about the content of daily intimate contact with God. The content is your life. Hmm. (laughs) So telling Jesus about your day, telling Jesus about how you feel, telling Jesus... And largely about the needs of your heart. The needs you have in order to be like him, in order to live like him, in order to be another one of him. Uh, to be him by, uh, by grace, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, the centerpiece. And I want to uh, very quickly segue into the rich young man who I think is a great example of this, right? The rich young man runs up to Jesus, what must I do to, to have eternal life? Jesus says, the commandments. He said, I already kept, I, I keep them. Huh? This is a good guy. Uh, he's uh, really thrown himself into this pursuit of eternal life. But, he's, but Jesus says, you're lacking one thing. What, what is he lacking? He's lacking friendship with Christ. He's lacking relationship with Christ. And so Jesus has now led him to the question of, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus now reveals to him, the question you're supposed to be asking is, who must I have? Mm-hmm. that eternal life is a person eternal life is friendship with a person 
who is standing before him. So he says, you're lacking one thing, namely me, who is eternal life. <laughs> so go sell all your possessions, come back, and you'll have me. Follow me. Mm -hmm. And he gets sad and goes away. So what is this rich young man supposed to do in order to have this live relationship with eternal life? Is, is, he supposed to, is he supposed to just put his head down and say, oh, son of a gun, I got to sell everything? No. He is supposed to acknowledge the attachment that's inside of him. The attachment that it, the enemy is now saying, hey, if you give all this away, Jesus is never going to be able to somehow give you as much joy as, as your iPhone does. As your F-150 does. And so go ahead. You know, you can do this and follow Jesus, but you're going to be a lot less happy. And so what does the rich young man need to do to live and, and uh, enter into this? All he has to do is stand before Jesus, not walk away, not follow the sadness, which is the voice of the enemy, which is desolation, which we talked about for session after session. Not follow the sadness, and to stand before him and say, Jesus, I can't get rid of my possessions without you freeing me. I am attached. I have a sick heart. And I really think that they will give me more happiness than you will. And you got to save me because I'm a sick man with a sick heart. And you got to heal me. Or I'm going to choose them over you. You got to do this for me. This is daily intimate contact with Jesus. Huh? So you moms, seeing that you get impatient and you can't, you can't break it. And so you have to stand before him saying, Jesus, you got to give me a patient heart. Or I'm going to keep hurting my kids with my impatience. The content, once one's been awakened to Jesus who is real, now this daily intimate contact is praising him, it's thanking him, it's entrusting everything to him. But, but one, of the main, one of the main connections to this intimacy is your need for him. Mm -hmm. And then he pours love there. He pours mercy there. He frees, he heals, he orders, he strengthens. This is how it works with friendship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That really, in the rich young man, Jesus wasn't necessarily asking him to actually physically go off and sell, but to rather say to Jesus and come to him and say, I know, I understand that I'm wrongly or disorderedly attached mm -hmm. to these things. Cure me of that. Mm -hmm. That's right. But, That's but, but if... If God is only an idea and not a real person, when, G when God does that to you and me, mm -hmm. we walk away just thinking. Yes. Oh, dang it. I shouldn't be so attached. What am I going to do? Mm. Because, because I don't have what it takes to get free. I have to go to Jesus and he has to do this for me, but I need to do it in faith and I need to hold it before him. And I need to acknowledge that 
this is something wrong in my heart. That Jesus is not the Lord of my life in this place. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and, and so it is so important that we relate to God. That we turn to him. That we bring these things to him. Otherwise we live in this sadness. That comes from the enemy. Jesus' words didn't make this young man sad, ladies. Jesus' words never take, uh, make your heart sad around your relationship with him. Make your heart sad about uh, God and discipleship. Mm-hmm. Never takes confidence and encouragement away in regards to God. This was the enemy came in. And so he needs to, uh, he needs to recognize that and say, Jesus... Um, because I'm so attached, the enemy makes me sad around the idea of giving up and following you. <laughs> Free me. Oh, this, is, this is what every uh, young man needs to go through when he's called to the priesthood around not having a family. A biological family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The enemy comes in and says, you're going to have less love. You're going to be less happy. You're going to be less fulfilled. You're going to be less uh, a man. You're going to be... No, no, you're not. Jesus would never do this to you. Do that to you, young man. Tell Jesus that's what you think and tell him to show you that's not true. And really, in all of our lives, I would say, Monsignor, no matter our vocation, you know, and, and throughout our, our different paths, right, that God takes us on, there's always that dynamic, right, of, of the enemy saying, that's not true, right? Mm-hmm. He's cunning, but he doesn't have a lot of tricks. It's, it's the same one, right, over that's and over. If, if God doesn't want what's best for you, you'll be unhappy. That's right. And, and kind of laying that out there. And it's our job, so to speak, or our role to just turn back to Jesus and say... This is hard. Exactly. Help and, me with this. And it, uh, a priest or a leader, uh, a leader in the faith, a Catholic leader who doesn't know Jesus, is always going to then just push a moralism. A moralism. Yeah, yeah. You have to do this. You have to. But, but, but this young man, it, it, the answer isn't just trying harder. Mm-hmm. The answer is relating to Jesus more so that he can free and heal. And this is what makes, uh, makes people who want a deeper relationship with Jesus leave the church if they don't have a leader who can teach them how to bring their heart to Christ and find in the sacramental life of the church the very thing they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Monsignor, as we're coming up to the end of our time together, any final words for our listeners? Good. I would, I would end with this, Amanda. Um, if there's any listeners saying, gosh, I think uh, I'm one of the people that's being uh, that talked about and um, becoming aware of my, wow, my relationship with uh, Jesus isn't uh, what, what uh, I hope it would be, I would encourage them to begin with um, where they experience closeness with God, where they experience peace, where they experience 
quiet, where they experience peace of soul, where they experience, gosh, I would like this all the time. And to start naming that as God. To start naming that, that they are encountering the living God there. And for in that place, for them to start now opening up to him and sharing with him in that place how much they love and care for him. Beautiful. Wow. Lovely. Uh, Monsignor, thanks so much for being with us uh, for uh, this time this morning. Listeners, we hope that you were blessed by this. Uh, We are coming up on a break, but don't go away. We've got another great guest in studio here. Father Justin Waltz will be with us right after the break. Thanks, ladies. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. The American Academy of Optometry recommends that all children receive eye exams every two years, beginning at six months old. As one of North Dakota's only fellowship-certified pediatric optometrists, it is my mission to ensure that children are screened for preventable eye conditions like lazy eyes, cataracts, and eye turns. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for children and adults, and you don't need vision insurance to book an appointment. You can schedule your appointment online at www.lumen.com. Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Alar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic, but we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Your future, the future of your family, and the causes important to you are too precious to be left to chance. While no one can control the future completely, a little bit of certainty and predictability is good and healthy. Fortunately, Real Presence Radio has some practical methods to share with you to assist in establishing your will and estate plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. 